0: Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt.
1: Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, it is so great to have you back here again with me for another episode of Felony Friday, right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is the show where we have discussions, discussions that probably you're not going to hear anywhere else. Now, these conversations, we focus, we focus very intently on injustices rampant in the broken criminal justice system. And today we'll be talking about some of those stories. And I have a guest today that's going to be joining me here on Felony Friday to talk through some stories that have been making headlines throughout the nation and have been dividing the nation and been making people say some pretty crazy things. And I'm going to get to introducing my guests in just a moment here. But before I do that, I want to encourage you guys, if you're listening at home, you're listening at work, if you're driving, please don't do this. But please check out the show notes page as you're listening along, because we're going to have links to all the stories we're going to talk about, uh, opinion articles, different things like that. And you can find the show notes at lionsofliberty.com slash FF29. This is episode 29. So that's where the FF29 comes from. My guest today is Brian Engelman. Brian is the founder of the New American Media and the host of a couple internet radio shows, one being Agree to Disagree. I think that's mostly a a political show. And the other one called The Unhappy Hour, which is about, I think, mostly about sports, sports talk, and centering sort of on Cleveland sports. So I guess it's got more positive recently. Maybe we'll touch on that. Brian is no stranger to Lions of Liberty. He's been on the podcast a couple times. He's appeared on past episodes with host Mark Claire. The first one, I think, was episode 18, which was way, way back in the infancy of the Lions of Liberty podcast. The second one actually was also a long time ago was episode 47 which was in August 2014. So I'll link to both of those. So you can hear more from Brian. Now, most people might not know this. I actually I don't know if anyone knows this outside of maybe Mark Claren, Brian McWilliams, and Brian Engelman. But my first appearance on internet radio was on Brian Engelman's Agree to Disagree Internet Show. So that was awesome. And thank you, Brian, for breaking the ice so I could have the confidence to start this podcast. Brian, welcome to Felony Friday. Thank you for
0: welcoming me to Felony Friday. Thank you so much for the welcome. Everything does move full circle, doesn't it, John? It's uh, always a neat thing. You know, I've had the opportunity to talk with some really amazing guests over the past. We, We just celebrated our fifth year anniversary at the New American Media. We're not a raging wildfire at this point, but we are adding fuel to the fire every single day, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter. Our crew is building, and it's really fun. We're five years in, and yeah, I've had a chance to interview people that I've, you know, (sighs) watched, admired, enjoyed, been interested by, been entertained by, people have just had amazing stories. It's really astonishing when you look back at all the people we've had a chance to interview over the past five years. And, you know, there's always that first interview. I don't know, for me, I really don't remember when. I mean, I was doing stuff in elementary school. I was was doing newspapers in high school and radio in college. So, you know, it's it's hard to think back to the actual first interview, but the fact that it comes full circle today on Felony Friday, I'm pretty amped about that. And we were talking a little bit off air and said, all right, let's shut our yaps and just save it for the show.
1: Yeah. And I I wanted to ask you, you know, we were talking about, I said in the introduction, you have two radio shows, Agree to disagree, which is more political. We'll be talking a lot of politics today, but let's sidetrack for a minute here. And I want to ask you some questions about The Unhappy Hour, which is your sports talk radio show. So obviously, as everyone who is alive right now should know... Cleveland won the NBA championship. Let that sink in right now. LeBron James brought a title back to Cleveland. I can't even believe it. It's one of the best stories in sports history. For the love of God, they're going to be talking about this for hundreds and hundreds
0: and hundreds of years. Disney will be making movies about this. What you have witnessed, the team coming back against the Golden State Warriors, who set a record. They were the best team of all time. They went 73-9. and Guess what? They lost nine games in the playoffs. We had Seth Curry two-time Fake MVP, throwing his pacifier into the crowd and crying. You have Draymond, Draymond Green on nut patrol, just going after testicles, kicking and punching and slapping. Ends up that clown gets arrested this offseason. The Cleveland Cavaliers completely got inside of their heads while they were trailing one games to three on the verge of elimination. This is Clash of the Titans. This was something that people are going to be talking about forever, especially since it lifted the 52-year curse that was hanging over Cleveland, you being from Pittsburgh, how many times have you laughed as your Steelers beat up on my Cleveland Browns? How much joy has that brought in you in your lifetime, John?
1: You know, honestly, it has gotten so bad it has stopped bringing me joy. I'm just sad when we beat the Browns now. Just, it's, it's not even fun. But you know what? Now that you guys have something to hang your head on, I feel like it'll make me happy again for the Steelers to beat
0: the Browns. Well, I'll tell you what, with Coach Hugh Jackson, you might have a little bit of a tougher fight on your hands these days. I think we've cleaned house of a lot of dead weight. I think our draft class was absolutely mammoth this year. If you haven't paid attention, we uh, traded out of the number two spot and just stockpiled. And that's what we need when we're at the point we're at. But, you know, that, that dovetails. We can talk more about the Cavs if you want.
1: Now, let's dovetail this yeah, out. Let's do Did, it. Did you have a transition? I'll let you take do. a transition. I'll take you, you, you in a transition
0: because I could talk sports all day, and I have for five years. YouTube.com slash The New American Media. That's where you can check that out. But, yeah, the Cleveland Browns, we have a player right now, Isaiah Crowell, running back. Man, this guy. He pulled what was the equivalent, a similar equivalent, I would say Spike Lee's tweet was worse. But when George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin and that whole situation was going down, Spike Lee tweeted out what he thought was George Zimmerman's address. Why would you do that if you weren't inciting violence, if you weren't asking other people to go do your dirty work for them? Okay, that's very specific. There was actually a family that was not the right ad. He tweeted out the wrong address, and this family's getting death threats. And it- Just imagine having the world descend upon you. That's what Spike Lee did. Isaiah Crowell, he posted this out. You know, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I have the story in front of me.
1: You know, I I still haven't looked at the actual picture yet. I've read articles about it. And apparently he posted an image on Instagram of someone cutting a police officer's throat, apparently.
0: Yeah, it was like some sort of ISIS themed thing draped in uh, an American flag type deal, all shadowy and behind an officer and it was slicing a throat open it was it's murder porn from the Isis catalog thank you uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton for creating that by the way as you go to the ballot boxes please i really don't <laughs> think that the Lions of Liberty Felony Friday crew are going to be voting for Hillary Clinton. But if there's one of you out there, or if you are going to be seeing somebody, not at a Fourth of July picnic, but let's just say a graduation party this summer, talk to your aunt real quick and make sure, talk to your mom, talk to your daughter, talk to your sister. Don't let them vote for Hillary. They're the
1: ones that created that murder porn called ISIS. But anyway, let's not leave George Bush off the hook there on the occasion of ISIS. We're getting way off track, but that's OK. I like it. But I mean... It- You wouldn't even have a a way for ISIS to take over Iraq without George Bush bombing the shit out of the place, destroying Saddam Hussein's regime and allowing ISIS the vacuum of terror to come into Iraq. Well, the
0: vacuum happened when Obama pulled the troops out prematurely for political gain. And we could go back to Archduke Ferdinand if we want to, because he's actually responsible because of what that set in motion with the Russians leading to Chechnya, Afghanistan, and Osama bin Laden. You, we could take this all the way back to the beginning of time, uh, Adam and Eve or Cain and Abel or a monkey and a space alien, however we want to define it, or a Big Bang. But basically... This running back for the Cleveland Browns, he's tweeting out murder porn when we haven't seen what happened at the beginning of that video in Minnesota. I want to see body camera footage. I don't think there was any. I would love to be proven wrong on that. All I saw was a man dying. I don't want to flip through Facebook and see a man dying. Nobody wants to see a man dying as you flip through your Facebook feed. And that's what happened. And I can understand how that would make people upset. But I don't know the circumstances that led to it. Yes, I know what the woman was saying in the car. I understand that. But I don't know what else happened, what it might have looked like. I don't have that information. And I'm always concerned when people take immediate emotional jumps to their next line of action without pausing to ponder the repercussions of their actions. And the Cleveland Browns running back tweeting this thing out right in the midst of what happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I saw a man who the reports that I've read said that this man had pulled a gun and was aiming it at somebody else, so the cops were called. The cops were trying to detain this man. He's fighting them after they knew he just pointed a gun at somebody, and he's reaching for it in his pocket. And you can watch the other video that I saw. You can fire a gun from your pocket. Anyway, point is Isaiah Crowell tweeted something out that was incendiary, and that could have been viewed as a call to violence against all police officers. Bang, what happens? Dallas, the killing fields.
1: Let's pause for a minute and back up for people following along at home. Just focus in on one thing at a time quickly here. Let's start off. You were just talking about the Alton Shirling case in Baton Rouge. And to me, when I first saw that, when I first – actually, I didn't watch the video. I can't make myself watch it, but I did see stills of it, and they're pretty brutal. So even if this guy did pull a gun or showed a gun to someone – Officers approached him and tasered him and, you know, they were unable to contain him, I guess, unable to arrest him at that point, which I don't know if I believe, based on what I've heard and read on this, that they had him. I mean, they had him down. You have two officers on one man. He couldn't move. What's he going to do? Of course, you can fire a gun out of your pocket. But was his hand actually in his pocket? Has that been confirmed? I mean, you can't fire a gun in your pocket without getting your hand in your pocket.
0: Oh, yeah, I I definitely saw that a strong effort was being made to detain this individual, and I saw that he was pinned down on a couple of points, but they weren't – I don't watch a lot of MMA, but I know that there are precise chokehold points where when you fully execute and you hit your elbow to that other area and you bend back, it's done. I didn't see that this man was being choked out. His arms were to his sides. He was actively fighting to get the one man off of his shoulder and right arm area where his gun was at. Allegedly. I saw a quick video. I can't bring myself to keep watching murder porn. It upsets me. I don't like it. But I saw stills, and I did actually see the act multiple, multiple, multiple times, and I just decided I'm not going back to watch it from beginning to end because I don't like to watch this type of thing. But he was struggling. This guy was struggling. And I'm not going to say the police were right. I'm not going to say the police were wrong. I'm not going to say the man that was shot and killed was right or wrong. I'm saying I'm hearing bits and pieces, and I want to slow down a little bit before I make a final determination on it. And I just wish that more of this country would do that.
1: You know, I think that's a really important point that you made right there. If there's not video of this encounter, if there's not video of this arrest, we're not even having this discussion right now. We're not even talking about it. Um, it's just another black man that's been killed, you know, in front of a convenience store for, you know, allegedly pulling a gun, uh, allegedly resisting arrest. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was reaching for his gun. But at least this is getting looked into. Otherwise, thankfully, in today's society, people are recording everything people are recording things to a fault. Actually, that's not even possible. It's not possible to record too much stuff. I'm glad people are recording it because this is the reason why we're having this conversation right now. And it's going to help us move forward as a country to start to figure these things out.
0: Yeah. and know earlier you said he may have if had a gun. He may have shown his gun to somebody. The, some of the reports I've said were that he pulled out a gun and threatened to kill somebody, which was not just, hey, I have it or, hey, he might be open carrying. He might be this or that. But you're absolutely right. The Everything should be recorded. I thought that was the main lesson that we learned in Ferguson. I thought that that was the call saying, hey, that officer, and I'm going to stop using his name at this point because I think he's been exonerated by a jury of his peers and he should be allowed to live the rest of his life. And he had to live through a horrendous, hellish situation. But I thought after that, people walked away saying, all right, well, put body cameras on every damn cop, both to protect the officers that may or may not be falsely accused, or to protect the civilian that may or may not be the victim of a crime at the hands of somebody who's pretty much the only person in this country sanctioned to use force. So I want the camera. I wanted to see the beginning of that Minnesota video to see, okay, look, and here's a situation. That guy that was shot and killed in Minnesota, he may have said, officer, I'm concealed carry, let me show you my... And by the time he reached, the guy was freaked out and he shot and killed him. It could have been a horrible, unfortunate situation where the guy did identify. I do have concealed carry and I'm going to quickly reach back here. And the guy's on hairpin trigger anyhow, and he freaked out and thought he might have been reaching for a gun because these things happen real fast, John. I've seen videos where they take journalists who are you know, questioning police abuse and violence, and they walk them through the scenario. Okay, we're going to take you through a few situations. On some occasions, you're going to get attacked, and on some, you won't. The times you do, that's when I bury my friends. Let's go. So they go out there, and it's split-second decisions you have to make. It is possible that that was a horrible Situation, but not an attack on somebody with malice and intent. It could have been a horrible accident. Or he may have been reaching for something. I just, I don't know. And I want that video so we can have a better conversation instead of so much speculation.
1: That is a problem. It it is all speculation right now. And there's actually the story has been evolving. I don't know if you've heard reports coming out recently. It started out like you said, when the girlfriend first, uh, you know, shot that video, and then uh, she was interviewed after by police saying that he had a concealed carry permit, which still hasn't been confirmed, and that there was a conversation with the officer and that this man, Philando Castillo, told the officer that he had a concealed carry permit and was carrying. That's what was said originally. Recently, this woman, his girlfriend, was interviewed, and she changed her story. ABC didn't pick up on it in the article She said that the officer never even brought up a weapon, didn't see a weapon, couldn't have seen a weapon. So that really raises an eyebrow there. What was that the officer didn't bring up a weapon? The officer didn't ask if he was carrying a weapon, didn't ask if Philando Castile was carrying a, uh, a firearm. So that conversation of the passenger
0: telling the officer, I have a concealed carry permit or I have a gun on me. The officer also never asked, are you carrying a handgun? No conversation about guns occurred between the two of them?
1: That is how the story has changed interesting. recently by this girlfriend. Interesting. And it gets even more interesting because what we first heard was that they were pulled over for a, uh, a taillight that was out. But then, of course, the uh, I don't know if you heard the police radio has come out and it said they were pulling them over because they were suspects, possibly in an armed robbery and it sounds a little bit uh, maybe like racial profiling, saying that you know the facial structure – I think the officer said like the the nose looked like a, uh, the same as a suspect in an armed robbery. Yeah, like
0: a wide nose or it was – something.
1: Yeah, yeah, some, something like that, comment which like that. Uh, I don't know.
0: But uh, I also saw side-by-sides with armed robbery suspects that said, look, this is him right there. He's committing an armed robbery right here. Have you seen those pictures and have you confirmed if those are garbage or if those are accurate? Because I've just seen him, and I can't make a determination. I haven't had time to dig into the story enough to figure out if that's maybe or definitely. I've
1: heard the, the quality footage of the uh, surveillance footage is not good enough to really pick out his face. But I've heard the shoes are the same. Oh, really? And the brand of cigarettes that the girlfriend is smoking is the same that was taken in the armed robbery. So that, that doesn't give you a whole lot to go on. But it sure changes. I mean, there, there's just so many questions surrounding this. To jump to conclusions and to just call this – an outright murder that wasn't justified wasn't self defense by the officer i think it's just taken it a, a step too far
0: i think you are one of the more rational people that should be allowed to have a conversation like this the fact that people are getting gunned down and by the way i have <laughs> i have quite a dallas connection if you will people that have been studying geopolitics and i've had several anyway i'll just i'll just leave it at that
1: you said Dallas connection. You're going to tease the Dallas connection and then not give us anything on it? you got to give us something. No, no, no.
0: I, I'm just – I'm gauging the direction I want to take this into. Took a phone call from a trusted confidant in the biz and basically six or seven CIA assassins in Dallas that it was a staged operation. Just the story has changed from they were triangulated and they didn't know where the shots were coming from. I mean, by the end of it, it's a weather balloon, just like with Kennedy. You got that magic bullet coming out of the Texas School Book Depository. You know, and that's another interesting angle that's come up on this. Because, yes, the point of what you were just saying, and, and just to bookend that for a minute and maybe move past it, we don't have the information yet. We're trying to gather as much evidence as possible before we fly off the handle. Well, the story is somebody who was with Black Lives Matter, somebody inspired by Black Lives Matter, somebody who toured in the U.S. military, came back home, was radical however you want to phrase this if the story is one guy just shot all those people killed what was it five of them wounded and, uh, nine five police officers killed how many wounded it was like a i'm sorry six nine eleven i'm still getting back at the swing of things
1: i i want to say 12 i, I could be wrong but a, a lot i mean it, it's a terrible incident Yeah. so is
0: this, is this one guy doing it if it's one guy doing it he was motivated in saying i'm killing white people i'm killing white cops if that was motivated by what had just happened and the fact that the liberal media, and it's not the conservative media doing this, for all the things the conservative media gets wrong, they are not the ones drumming up racial division every single freaking chance that they get, like all of the MSNBCs and the stuff you've seen out of this White House for seven years. And the, the point with Isaiah Crowell, the running back for the Cleveland Browns, the point with the Baton Rouge, Louisiana killing and the Minnesota killing – Moving over to Dallas, which happened after Crowell did this, you are pissing people off and you're poking them with a stick. And then when they go do something bad, you put your hands up, go, oh, 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 I didn't do it. Whoa, no, no, I didn't do that. I just tweeted out a picture of holding a cop's head like we've seen in the murder porn from ISIS and slitting his white throat open. No, I I didn't shoot people in Dallas. I just, you know, I I don't know. I was a little upset at the time. You're upset, Spike Lee, so you tweet the address to what you think is George Zimmerman's house for a little old-fashioned, oh, I don't know, lynch mobs. This is garbage, John. And most people I know don't act this way, but the people that do tend to get a lot of media attention. They get a lot of airtime because it gets people riled up, and I'm sick of it. We are in a dangerous spot if we keep playing these games. And I don't know how you feel about the president, this administration, Eric Holder, uh, Hillary Clinton, the entire crime syndicate. And I'm just focused on that one. Like I said, you could take it back to George Washington. Mm-hmm. But these people, I feel they are destroying race relations. For the most part, with everybody I know, everything's cool. I live in a very, very diverse area on the West Coast over here. Most of the people I know, everything's cool, but it seems like this is an intentional thing that's meant to rile people up. And there's always that looming threat of martial law, get a third Obama term, limit guns. Oh, look at there's a tragedy in Orlando, we have to take your guns. Columbine, give me your guns. Sandy Hook, give me your guns. What the hell do the guns have to do with the problem? And it's the people inciting violence. So that's how this all kind of connects together. And the Cleveland Browns still haven't cut this running back. And a lot of people are really pissed off about it.
1: I can't believe the NFL hasn't you know, issued an immediate suspension. You know, I understand the wheels turn slow in the commissioner's office, Roger Goodell's office at the NFL. But I mean, how much analysis, how much do you have to look into this? The tweet happened. It was terror porn or violence porn, as you were saying, really just inciting violence, pretty much promoting killing police officers and the NFL, have they responded yet? I don't know. Now, this will air. I should say that we're talking about this now. This is going to air in the future. So probably by the time this airs, there will be a response. Maybe uh, you know people listening will say, oh, you guys are idiots. That guy was you know suspended, and he's suspended all of next season. So if that's the case, great. But it uh, has been a slow response to this point. Yeah,
0: you know, I'll give you two thoughts on that. One, I want to just give you this apology and the rebuttal to it, which I think is great. But on the flip side, this is where I'm going to press pause and say, all right, pot, are you calling the kettle black? I was just now saying we need to calm down and give them time to do a proper investigation regarding a police officer, regarding a dead human being. Okay, give them time. So I'm willing to give them time. However, this did happen before Dallas. So, you know, now we're kind of going back far enough where, uh, seriously, guys. So, you know, give them time to do their job. I'll give them a little bit of that. But here's what the Browns did. They said, so... Browns running back, Isaiah Cruella, posted an illustration of a police officer getting his neck slashed by a hooded man last week. He later deleted the image and issued a lengthy apology. The Browns responded with a statement of their own, saying an apology isn't enough. Quote, we have spoken to Isaiah regarding his extremely disturbing and unacceptable social media decision, the team stated. It was completely inappropriate, and we have made him aware of our high level of disappointment. Isaiah has apologized but also knows that just an apology is insufficient and that he must take steps to make a positive difference after a very negative and impactful post end quote. In posting the image, Crowell was responding to the deaths of two African-American men in Louisiana and Minnesota at the hands of police last week. His post came before the shooting deaths of five police officers by a sniper during the peaceful protest in Dallas on Thursday. Quote, last week was an emotional and difficult week as we saw extreme acts of violence against black men across our country, as well as against police officers in Dallas, Crowell said Monday in a statement. I posted an image to Instagram in the midst of that emotion that I shouldn't have, and immediately removed it. He added, I was very wrong in posting that image. Every single life matters. Every death as a result of violence should be treated with equal outrage and penalty. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said the image was inappropriate and insensitive. He realized this, took down the post, and has since apologized. It looks like, oh, no, it's all good. Moving along.
1: Yeah, it looks like that's all there will be, but we'll see. I I don't want to dwell on this too much because, honestly, out of everything we've talked about, the posting of this image is the least important thing. I mean, no one's life was lost in posting an image. We're talking about five officers killed. We're talking about these two African-Americans that were killed. I would
0: just add that maybe those Dallas shootings could have been impacted by something that an NFL player would do. I would disagree on that point.
1: No, that's a good point. That's the reason why I
0: think it's important. Not because it's the Cleveland Browns, not because we're from a regional area that most people will never understand unless you grew up there. And by the way, it's a great place to grow up, and it's a great place to go back and visit, and it's a great place to return back to if you're – hey like LeBron James. you know, If he can do it, you can do it. So anyway, no, it's important because what we do and send out, the energy that we emit, the stuff that we are putting out there, we kind of have to be a little bit more cognizant of how quick our hairpin trigger is. Either if you're a cop pulling the trigger because you think someone's reaching for a gun, or if you're somebody who's really pissed off and hits send on a tweet, I think you need to be really careful in 2016 because these are times where you can lose your career. You can lose marriages. You can start receiving death threats. Everything can be blown up in an instant. And I don't think a lot of people who are using social media are really all that savvy or have enough life experience to teach them. This is a dangerous and powerful tool that you're holding, the propaganda message that's been limited to the average person, which is why a such a small select group of people have been managing the lives and lives and affairs of people on this planet for so long. We now have the ability to combat with truth the garbage propaganda that these people need to keep their power and control. This is the most important tool. You can arm up as much as you want, like a doomsday prepper. You can study the constitution till the cows come home. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. You're holding in your hand, in your cell phone, the thing you carry everywhere. It has the power to shine light onto cockroaches. And that's why I'm saying, be careful how quick you tweet. And on the flip side of that, once you've tweeted something, you got to be able to stand behind it. So slow down before you claim to know exactly what happened in a very testy, dangerous situation. That is my call for the Lions of Liberty crew. That's my call for this world. That's why I run the New American Media. I want—hell, the hell, the name of the show is called Agree to Disagree. As long as you treat me mostly civil, I will keep going. If you kind of show me some respect, let's give that back and forth. We don't have to agree. We can agree to disagree and try another topic. But we have to bring our conversation level up to a point where it's respectful and it's productive. And I think the clickbait media that we have right now, we're a part of it. So I just think we all need to be really careful.
1: So uh, I did want to ask you one more question about Dallas here, Brian. And we might have to agree to disagree on this certain topic. Maybe not. We'll see. The drone that was used ah, to, kill, yes. to kill the uh, perpetrator – to kill Micah Johnson, the drone, there was a uh, a drone that they rigged up with a bomb actually it was not made with the intent to do that. It was something that they'd sort of altered for this. purpose. That, that, hold on.
0: That was an audible. They, the, the police called an audible. All right. Exactly. All right. All right. Listen, we're going to put you in the game, Rudy. We need you to make one play. Just one play. You're never going to play again. One play.
1: At the time, the guy was cornered, right? He's cornered. And then the Rudy drone comes in with a bomb on it. And it uh, has a, a video camera, obviously, so it knows where it's going. And they blow the guy up. And there's been pictures out there that I've, I've seen, unfortunately, of this guy blown up. Not unfortunately because the guy's dead. You know, if it's true that he did kill these people, I don't have a lot of heartache that he's okay, dead. Okay. So,
0: so the question you're asking me, and this is the same point you know, to now elaborate on what I was talking about. with.
1: I guess the question is, is the method important? I see where you're going. Let me just take a
0: slightly different direction. Are you asking me if the Dallas killer robot... Is Jack Ruby? (laughs) No. (laughs) The thing that took out Lee Harvey Oswald because dead men tell no tales? If you're the patsy, you must kill that person because dead men tell no tales?
1: That's an interesting theory, and I can understand. I'm not saying I I
0: agree with it. I'm just asking it because I'm researching it, I'm curious.
1: That's the danger that authorities face when they end up having to kill a suspect. And that's why I think at all costs, you should try to take suspects alive. I mean, you could say the same thing about Osama bin Laden. I mean, they took him. There's been, <laughs> yeah. I mean, where is he? He was we dropped him in the ocean. He totally
0: I mean, went into the ocean. He totally <laughs> got dropped in the ocean. Nobody would have gathered any intelligence from that body.
1: So you would think they would want to, you know, if they could, if at all possible, that they want to apprehend this Micah Johnson character just for the fact of figuring out why he did this, why he was thinking this, who his connections are, get some information out of him. But I can understand if they were trying to save police lives, that's the justification they're coming from. And if he was still indeed, I don't know, I wasn't there. If he was still indeed firing at police and people were in danger and there was absolutely no other way to apprehend this guy without killing him, then I don't have a problem with it. But if there was a way to apprehend him, I don't care if it would have taken, you know, another day. They should have waited and they should have apprehended him without killing him. I don't know. I don't know that
0: that it really matters to me. Okay, Osama bin Laden, to wrap up that point, Osama bin Laden, this idiot killer in Dallas, if he actually killed him, Oswald, if he actually pulled the trigger. You know, like I said, dead men tell no tales, and what if the plan all along, the reason why you don't talk to Osama bin Laden, the reason you don't talk to Saddam Hussein, the reason there aren't long extended court trials, international uh, media circuses, could you imagine what would happen if you caught someone like that alive? What it would look like? It would be like a like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. It would be like Running Man or something from the eighties. You know, I'd expect Wesley Snipes to co-star somehow.
1: But they never catch him alive. But yeah, you could also say Gaddafi. Gaddafi also he was killed in a brutal way. Oh yeah, he was killed in the, in the street. Yeah, and Hillary Clinton cheered it. She cheered it and laughed about it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty neat how it works, huh? And, the, and these are the people we're considering putting into office. Anyhow, basically with Dallas. There's a lot of options that are on the table as far as what happened, how it got there. (sighs) Interesting getting that report, though, that it was CIA-backed and it was absolutely intentional, just like so many of these things have been. And something else is behind all of this. And you should really watch out for an economic crash, some sort of global uh, geopolitical event, some sort of false flag. Going to the Cleveland Cavaliers parade, I was down there, and I was down there for right around the time in the middle of 1.3 million people when things got weird. There was a 15-year-old that shot a 13-year-old in the leg, and it caused a stampede. This was on the heels of Orlando, the nightclub shooting. And I got to tell you, when I was at the parade in the middle of that 1.3 million, I couldn't help thinking as the cars, the motorcades were moving by, I couldn't help thinking about being in Dallas that day. I've never been to a parade before. I'm a Cleveland fan. I've never celebrated a championship in 37 freaking years. So it's my first parade. But I got the thought of be careful of your surroundings because of the Boston Marathon. And man, this feels like being in the middle of the JFK thing. And that was right before the JFK thing happened. So anyway, it set off a stampede when this person shot the gun. And I mean, we had to be running for our lives and into kitchens and into a restaurant, into the kitchen, out in the alley, down the alley, the crowd's still running. So you go a few doors further. A cook stuck his head out from another restaurant to see what was happening. So you burst into their kitchen, run into their restaurant out front. You get the manager, you get the bouncers to lock the doors and and the other side doors. Everybody's screaming and freaking out like a Tyrannosaurus is coming down the, the hallway. You know, there is real danger if we allow ourselves to either become disarmed or disoriented. You got grown adults walking around looking for Pokemon. And, you know, I mean, there are really important things going on in this world, but you know, we also have the enormous capability of shifting the consciousness and changing the conversation and pulling back the power that some of these groups have had for far too long. I just don't know what the option is. We're going to the RNC in uh, Cleveland. We're going back and we're going to have four days of coverage down there. Uh, Blake Wally and Ben Weinbrough and myself, we just got our Secret Service credentials. And, you know, I mean, it feels like I'm going into some sort of a dangerous place like a war correspondent i'm telling you it's just a little strange right now
1: certainly keep safe with that i want to shift gears here uh for the end of the show brian i know you've listened to felony friday and i think you're a fan as the rest of the nation probably has become of this little game we play at the end is this a crime and should anyone do time so i have two different uh situations here i want to ask you about and i will ask you that question at the end. First, I'll describe it to you and describe it to the Felony Friday audience.
0: This is interesting because we just spent the first portion of our program talking about how it's important to take our time and gather facts. Now this is like, <laughs> boom, make a call, man. I got to pull the trigger. It's like, oh, crap. Now I'm the officer and I don't know if he's got a wallet or a gun. I want to go see my
1: family tonight. You don't have a gun. There's no gun okay. involved okay. here. All we're doing is talking about it. So no problem. Is pressure, it a story pressure. about guns? Is it guns related stuff? Oh, well, yeah, you, you tipped it. You tipped it. All right, it go here. ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready but it's, it's a safe story here. So this came from Portland, Oregon. A 36-year-old, uh, he's described as a conservative blogger by the name of Michael Strickland. He was arrested at a Black Lives Matter protest. And there's some video on this. I'll post some video on the show notes page. Mr. Strickland is accused of pulling out a gun. And you can see in the video, he definitely does pull out a gun. And he points it at several Black Lives Matter protesters. Now, he claims it was in self-defense. And he claims he was being pushed and people were using their, uh, you know, protesting signs and things like that, that they were threatening to hit him. Or I think that he actually said previous to the video, they were actually hitting him. Now, in the video, you don't see any contact with him, but you do see a group of people pushing towards him, kind of cornering him in the middle of the street. And he's one guy. And that's when he got kind of excited and pulled out the gun. And the question here is, you know, this guy was licensed to carry a gun. I don't know if I'm assuming he had his concealed carry permit. I uh, didn't say in the story if he didn't, that would have been additional crime, I'm sure. But is there a problem if you're in a situation like Wait, that? Wait, an additional if, crime? Has he been charged? No, 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 no. I, I was saying he okay. has not been. There's no, he, he cha- ha- no
0: way you charge somebody for that. Did he pull the trigger?
1: He has been charged.
0: He has been charged with oh, a crime. That's what
1: I was asking. for. You no know what? Yeah. Did he pull the trigger? He did not pull the trigger, no. no, no All this, he did the, was show is, his gun. So is that a crime? You got to let me host the game show, Brian. Is that a crime? And should he do time? He, no. That is all.
0: <laughs> no, sorry. I kept stepping over there. But I, when I found out that he, I, I couldn't contain myself, I, forgive me for stepping on the toes. I've, I've been on a game show once with Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, by the way. It was fun. So, uh, sorry. I, that, can can res- we post that in the show notes? Do you have video of that? Uh, geez, I, I personally do. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right. Remind me later. If you need me to <laughs> and I can figure out how to send it over Dropbox, I will. It's pretty damn...
1: Funny. You'll have to check out the show notes, see if
0: it's there. Okay, anyway, no way. The reason that we are – and this is the reason why I never got up in arms over George Zimmerman. That, That neighborhood had been getting attacked. It had been burglarized multiple, 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 multiple times. And he was out there checking on things. And he was driving around and he was walking around and he was just keeping his eyes peeled for people that had been vandalizing his friends and neighbors. And from the reports, that's why I didn't jump on the story. There's no video there. I don't know. Anyway, we know the story. There's a witness that says Trayvon attacked him and was in a ground and pound position, slamming his head into the, his skull into the concrete, ready to crack it open like a cantaloupe. Yes, he should pull out a gun and kill someone that attacks him if that's what happened. No, if if this person is getting physically assaulted by a large group of people, By one person, for that matter. Oh, Trayvon, he was a saint. He wasn't an 11-year-old boy. He was a large human being that jumped on this
1: guy. Let's stick to this case in
0: Portland. Stick to the case. Anybody that's in a situation where they feel threatened have the right to pull out a gun. And they also have the right to pull the trigger. You know, George Zerwin was getting attacked a
1: lot. Well, armed, I mean, right, not, right. I'm kind of I mean, looking at the video that we have so far, and I encourage everyone to go to the show notes page and check it out. This guy was, was charged with menacing and disorderly conduct, pretty minor type charges. Those are huge charges. That is crucial to every one of our rights to carry a firearm and
0: be secure in our persons and property. There is no reason why anybody should not have the right to be armed. And if they get freaked out and they're actually getting hit, kicked, punched, and threatened,
1: absolutely pull out if you're getting hit, kicked, punched and threatened. There is no proof yet that I've seen that this man, that's what he claims. In the videos, you don't see him getting hit, kicked, punched, maybe threatened. There's people walking towards him. So in the
0: middle of an angry Black Lives Matter protest, I would find it reasonable to believe that that's something that could have happened. Absolutely
1: if I pulled a gun out every time I was scared that, well, actually I never get scared. I so gotta I see the video. Out. I haven't seen the video. You're <laughs> making me guess here. That's why I don't do this. Cause I could be on the wrong side of this and it's a totally easy. Case.
0: Oh, <laughs> Good this this Good game point. is killer. That, hey, Listen, <laughs> for all of you people considering joining the lions of Liberty podcast, where they do felony Friday, I would just encourage you be careful how you answer.
1: Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, you did a great job on the first one there. I liked your answers. I disagree with them, I think, but we can agree to disagree. Perfect. And- uh,
0: can you give me three bullet points why, and then we'll switch to the next topic. I'm very curious.
1: Well, I saw the video. Personally, if I put myself in that man's situation – from what I saw in the video, I did not think it was warranted to pull a gun out. Also, with that being said, pulling a gun out and pointing it at someone without being threatened, without being hit, without having force exerted upon you is a form of assault. You are assaulting someone by pulling a gun on them if it's not warranted, if there's not force coming against you. So really, for those two reasons, until he was being have been physically assaulted... Then I can't back this guy. Okay,
0: so the guy with the gun could have been getting verbally assaulted with threats of violence, and that could cause him to...
1: No, that would be verbal assaults of someone saying, "I'm, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, you know, murder your family or something like that. That would, yeah, I would back him pulling a gun okay. out there, showing a gun. I mean, even pointing a gun.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's a very slippery slope and we got to defend the Second Amendment at all costs. And, and for that reason, for the love of God, is we're doing the second. Is it a felony? Hillary is so bad and so scary to me. I'm considering voting Donald Trump for the very first time in a very, very, very long time. Oh, God. You know what? I didn't want to go a down this topic. road. A separate day. I just can't get behind Gary Johnson. I've interviewed Austin Peterson. I've interviewed John McAfee. I've had a chance to spend time with Judd Weiss, all these people. But as something about the Gary Johnson and Bill Weld campaign. I just I see it as the same. And I go, well, Gary, if you're kind of the same with your running mate as the other guys, this one can actually keep Hillary from getting in. And I don't know what I'm going to do on Election Day. Anyway, second question.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a complicated situation that we talk about all the time on Lions of Liberty and other shows. And I encourage all of our listeners to check out, if you haven't yet, Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, hosted by Mark Clare and Brian McWilliams. It's hilarious. Check it out. Moving on to the uh, second, Is This a Crime and Should Anyone Do Time? This article is titled, This Good Samaritan Was Killed After Helping a Family in a Car Crash. So basically, the title tells you everything you need to know. This guy came across a uh, family that it, you can see a, a picture in the, uh, in the headline here. You can see a picture in the article of an overturned vehicle. This guy busted out the windshield, was able to free the people that were trapped in the vehicle, free them to safety so in case it would blow up or something, they wouldn't be harmed. After doing this, he went to the EMTs there and asked for some water to, to clean out his hands. He just punched through a freaking windshield. You would think that wouldn't be a problem. They did give him some water. He cleaned himself up, his scrapes, went about his merry business, went home. He said he felt great that he was able to help people. A couple weeks later, he gets a a little, little piece of mail from the county saying that he owes them $143 for the bottle of water and the services rendered. So to ask you this, this isn't really, is this a crime? Should he do time? The question here is, what the hell is going on
0: here? Wow.
1: Well, there's that old
0: adage, and I swear, they kind of keep coming back around. No good deed goes unpunished. You know, that one just kind of keeps coming out. Another one, uh, Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So, hey, maybe this is some bean counter, some pencil pusher, paper pusher, whatever, in an office cubicle somewhere saying, well, I don't think I'm going to get 143 bucks, but let's just send it to him. I don't know. I mean, we did treat him. We did have to open that bottle. We had to crack the sterilized such and such, and there's a cost for it. So, hey, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Let's just go for it. I don't know. Bad idea. Bad precedent. Stupid. Horrible publicity. Dumb. What's the name of this town? I'm
1: not going. This was, where was this? I have no idea. I don't have it here, so I will edit this. You out. can't
0: call it. You can't.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to put you on blast there. I thought yeah, you this st- you're reading the text, but I know you grabbed the, the snippet of it. That's fine. I haven't seen the story at all, anyway. You have me beat. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I, come on, on the flip side, you see, everything has a price. Bernie Sanders keeps trying to tell everyone that things are going to be free. That's just not how it works in a capitalist society, free of uh, external pressures to manipulate it, like our leaders have done for so long, and. I think that's at the core of why you and I both do what we do, isn't it?
1: Well, I think that is a a good point to wrap the show up on. Uh, Before I let you go, Brian, can you tell the good listeners of Felony Friday where they can find your work, where they can learn more about how they can listen to the New American Media? All right.
0: Like I said, changing the gear that we have right now. So just Instagram.com slash The New American Media. Great memes. Challenge us. Share some with us. Comment with us. It's a brand new thing we're doing, and it's great. Our Facebook feed, facebook.com slash thenewamericanmedia. The easy one is thenewamericanmedia.com. I'd say that's where you click play to listen live, but I have to switch my gear for that. YouTube.com is maybe the most comprehensive place right now. YouTube.com slash thenewamericanmedia. Click subscribe wonderful guests over the years on Twitter. We're at American underscore media underscore, and we are going to the RNC convention next week. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting if nothing else. I went back for the Cleveland Cavaliers championship parade, and now the RNC's in town. Cleveland surely is changing from the days as you know them, John. But anyhow, that's how you check out what we're up to. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and and do your show for the first time, but maybe not the last time.
1: Thank you so much, Brian, for, Sharing your wisdom here with the Lions of Liberty audience, with the Felony Friday audience. Wisdom both on sports and on politics. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, guys, a little bit longer show than normal today, but I really did enjoy my conversation with Brian Engelman. He brings a, a lot of passion to the table, as I'm sure you guys heard that today. You can hear more from Brian, as he said by checking out the uh, YouTube channel from The New American Media. You can find all that at thenewamericanmedia.com. Brian and his team are doing some really incredible things, and I want to encourage you guys to check that out. Now, we do have three shows per week here at Lions of Liberty, a Monday show, a Wednesday show, and a Friday show. Monday and Wednesday are hosted by Mark Clare, and one of those shows I talked about during the podcast, Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, hosted by Mark Clare and Brian McWilliams. I really want to encourage you guys to check that out. It's really funny. They're doing a great job breaking down the presidential campaign of libertarian Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. They are, of course, as we know, they are running as a team, Johnson and Weld, uh, co-presidents. So... Mark and Brian are doing a great job breaking that stuff down. Guys, you can contact me if you have an idea for the show. If you have something you want me to cover, someone you want me to interview, shoot me an email, FelonyFriday at lionsofliberty.com. And if you just stumbled upon the show and you're like, hey, I want to listen to more of this, what should I do? Well, you know what you can do is you can subscribe to the Lions of Liberty podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcatcher you use out there to catch the Lions of Liberty podcast and to have it come right to your smartphone every single episode, every single new episode. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, really encourage you to do that. And please, if you do subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. You have no idea how much that will help us out and no idea how much we truly appreciate it. Just one more thing. I do want to encourage everyone listening, if you haven't, please think about joining our private Facebook group. It's growing like crazy. The conversations that we're having there are awesome. All the stuff that we talked about during the show today, we talked about extensively in the forum. So if you were already a member of the forum, you would have heard a lot of this stuff, a lot of these conversations, a lot of these angles. So I encourage you all to check it out. You can do that by going to Facebook, to the search bar up top, punch in Lions of Liberty Forum. It'll come up. We will approve you and we'll get you in there as quickly as we can unless you are some kind of crazy-looking psychopath. But you're probably not, so give it a try. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. As always, remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.